0: Hi, I'm Amber. I'm Melissa. And you're listening to the AM Podcast.
1: So today we are talking about some news items, and then we're going to give our review on the K-drama, The Devil Judge. But first, as always, we're going to give you guys our K-pop picks of the week. Um, this week, my pick was Song's Dimples. Um, I always loved his voice, and I guess hearing it makes me miss the rose. But more about the song is that I, I love the chorus, and it's, it's upbeat, and I like it better than his other song, Lazy. So yeah, so here's a little bit of the song.
0: the best me, makes me the best me. Okay, so Melissa, what was your K-pop pick of the week? So my K-pop pick of the week was CL, Lover Like Me. I absolutely loved this song, the fashion. I don't know. I guess with these new, like, singles she's been putting out, like, the fashion has just been on point in, Mm -hmm. like, pretty much all of them. Um, So I thought the looks were amazing, especially she she had, like, this, like, red outfit, I think, in the beginning. So good. And the scene where she, like, has the braids and, like, the braids are on the ceiling. So good. Just the set design and the production was just so I don't know if I'm gonna say so good. But it was just so good. But anyways, um, I also thought the melody was really, really nice. I personally I really love her singing voice. I think mm-hmm. I like it more than like her rapping when she raps. Um, she just has a very like kind of clear tone. I don't know, this just it sounds it's different from her singing voice is very different from other singers. That i've heard um so i i tend to i tend to prefer her her songs when she's singing actually so anyways yeah so and this is a little bit of the song you
1: know, if you're gonna let me go
0: you will never okay and that was my pick of the week
1: all right so moving on to some quick news items um we're first going to discuss the bts la concert and the Ticketmaster experience or horror as i like to think of it as so melissa so what were your
0: thoughts um yeah so this so for the um BTS LA concerts, I was tasked with trying to get tickets, and so we um we had tickets for the map of the soul tour, um, which I think we may have talked about in previous episode, and then that was canceled. So, um, supposedly, so well, not supposedly, Ticketmaster did email me like a new unique code, and so you know, I'm thinking, you know, okay, so this is great, you know, I'm set, I'm have my day that I'm gonna go, and you know thinking back on it, well, I feel like, okay, because everything happened really fast. Like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. we were, um, Amber and I, we were uh, talking about, like, so when did they actually announce this? Because it felt like everything just happened, like, really fast. And it looked like the day that they announced it, you you also had that week to do, like, the various, like, pre-sale verifications, which we did none of. (laughs) (laughs) But I also think it's because we weren't, necessarily like thinking that oh we're definitely gonna go halfway across the country um mm-hmm. <laughs> to go to these concerts. So I don't even think it was like really on my mind. And it really wasn't until like October first where I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna get the army membership, you know? <laughs> and I didn't realize that there was like a bunch of other steps that I was supposed to have taken. So the only dates that we could have gotten tickets were the general sale uh map of the soul day where uh, for those who just had the who didn't have vip tickets and then potentially the general public sale so anyways um Uh anyways so the whole thing was just very very frustrating and this was the worst the worst the worst sorry i've had a few days to like (laughs) what happened so i'm a bit calmer but it was just the worst experience with Ticketmaster I've ever had, like trying to buy BTS tickets. Um, I think last time Amber, I think you were the one who you were the one who was like having issues last time. But I, didn't I have always issues. have issues.
1: I always have issues, Melissa.
0: I don't know. I've never really had issues. I was able to get into the line, got out the line, <laughs> able to get some good seats. It was just, it was a very smooth process. But um, this time was awful. So first off, okay, I'm going to try and make this like kind of short. But basically, the first thing that really pissed me off was that the waiting room in the email, it says well, like when like when they sent us a unique code, it said that the waiting room was going to open an hour before it was time to do the sale. Um, like a few minutes, like maybe like 20 minutes in or so they Ticketmaster fan support sent out a tweet saying that oh the room was going to be open 30 minutes before but yet the day before when vip ticket holders were doing their pre-sale it opened an hour before so i don't know what that was about but um so that was frustrating because i was like okay so this whole time i've been trying to get in since five well because our in in the on the east coast for us the sale would have been 6 p.m so I was trying to get into like the waiting room at around five anyways and so that was frustrating and then when it was time to get into the waiting room they would not let me in with my account they would not let me in with my account it was so frustrating it kept saying I kept getting an error message saying you know their, your account isn't linked to this account or whatever like it's not linked to this email it's for invited people only i like what are you talking about this is this is you know my email this is like the account the same account that i use i buy the tickets um it was very frustrating and like i was getting so like upset and i was thinking like is it my computer is it my wi-fi i even called amber I was Like amber can you try and log in and she was like i can't log in and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going on. So eventually, so I ended up, I ended up troubleshooting, and I feel like a lot of other um, people who had the tickets, we ended up troubleshooting like ourselves, like on just like going back and forth on Twitter, like what's worked for you, or did you get in, or could you get in. So I ended up troubleshooting it myself, and um, and I changed browsers, and eventually I was able to get in, and so I was able to get in, but by that time it was. Had- minutes into the sale so it's like what was the point Hmm. so because I got in got into the queue stayed in the queue for two hours the longest I've ever been in the queue and when I finally got out there was nothing available but 500s nothing and I mean granted and I didn't even try to click any tickets also saw a lot of people were having issues with like even so. they were getting error messages i didn't even get that far so i probably would have gotten an error message so i don't even know but i was just frustrated because it's like yes it's it's good that there were some tickets available technically but we're coming from the east coast okay and i feel like also with us having seen them in concert before but we had closer seats i feel like it didn't seem worth it for us to go from the East Coast to fly halfway across the country and spend money on flight and hotel and all of that for a seat in the five hundred. And there's people that are closer. I felt like there were people that were closer to California that would have probably like it would have made more sense for them to take those kinds of tickets because it's not that much of an expense. Well, probably potentially. It potentially wouldn't be as much of an as much of an expense for them than it would have been for us, and so that was the reason why I was just like, "Yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not even going to try." So that was that. It was awful all the way around, but yeah. What were your thoughts, Amber? <laughs> um, Ticketmaster
1: and BTS tickets have always had um, an issue. <laughs> And like you said, so like the issues that you were having, I don't think I've ever experienced not being able to actually like log into my account and have them say like oh like this isn't a red account or whatever. I've never had that experience, but I did when I was looking at Twitter and stuff and looking what other army were saying about the whole process. I have been kicked out of queue and had to rejoin the line. And I remember I was really upset because I think I was only like 200 people away from going in. And so that's upsetting because if you guys know you you're sitting there and you see the little man, well I guess it's no longer a little man, but back then it was you see it and it's just like there's two thousand plus people ahead of you and then it just slowly goes down so to get to the point where when there's only 200 people ahead of you like it's really frustrating to get kicked out um I think Ticketmaster could have done a lot like just a better job at handling the amount of traffic that was going to come in because it's not their first time dealing with BTS and selling tickets for them so get it together um so, yeah, just the frustration I completely agree with you on because I was frustrated for you because <laughs> you, couldn't, like you couldn't get in. And it's just like, what was the point of having this code if you can't get in? And then I think what's also sucks is that... Um, like, we, like, on Twitter, this most stuff coming from Twitter, but <laughs> when you look on Twitter, like, people were taking pictures of, like, the amount of seats that were open for different days, and I think that was, what was so frustrating for me was that I feel like we, like, those of us that were on, like, the second day of sales, I feel like we just kind of got, like, the leftovers from the mm-hmm. first day, because I think that, what's the following day or the day after they released, like, a whole bunch of tickets, and I was like, what in the world like what were they doing I was like this they had all these tickets like they could have divvied them up a little better throughout the days um and then that being said I'm just kind of questioning how I don't know if it was Ticketmaster that did it this way I'm guessing they work with Hype, so I don't know how Ticketmaster and Hype figured this out but how are you going to say that like you have pre-sales but no regular sell like you're like, that makes no sense. Then it's not really a pre-sell, you're just selling the tickets that week. And then it's just like, they should have just said, like, oh, this concert is only going to be for those of you that have, um, like our special, like the VIP or that purchased tickets before or that got the army membership. They should have said, those are the requirements for the sell instead of getting people's hopes up. Because, like, I was happy that we had brought the tickets before because we had a code. And so we had a better, I mean, if everything went perfectly, we would have had a better chance of getting tickets than some other people. But I feel like for the Army that maybe were new or weren't able to get tickets to the last concert or just didn't have, like, money to buy the Army membership, then I think it's unfair to get their hopes up because, like... You're telling me I can go to a BTS concert, but like you're not giving me the opportunity to, um, and that sucks. And especially if people can't afford the army because it was one hundred and sixty dollars. That's money you can put towards the ticket, not so much an army membership. And I think with the membership, yeah, you get some perks with it. Um, but I mean, it's not really helping you with this concert. So that's how I felt. I just it could have it could have been better. I think. I don't, I don't know when these concerts were planned or how this happened, but I just feel like with all these years of experience with dealing with getting tickets, they could have done a better job at doing that. So that's how I feel about this whole Ticketmaster fiasco. Um,
0: yeah. So you have anything else to say, Melissa? Yeah, I just wanted to say, like in the fine, not really fine print, but I feel like they mm-hmm. they did say that for general sale, which I think is silly. But they did say that, you know, should there be any tickets left over from the pre-sale, they would sell them Mm -hmm. to the general public. But did they honestly think that there was going to be tickets left over from the pre-sales when you have everyone, it's everyone who bought tickets for Map of the Soul tour trying to compete for these four dates in one location. And then you have all of the people who were who were selected, which I thought was also kind of strange that you had to, but like, even if you got the army membership, you still have to go through like a raffle process. Mm-hmm. And like, you still had to like get a verification code. And I saw that like on Twitter, um, that some people didn't even get that. They weren't verified like as an army member. Okay. Yeah. And then like the whole wait, I don't know what was going on with the whole wait list. And there was just so much going on. But like, realistically speaking, I agree with you that they should have, they, they shouldn't have never even called it a pre sale.
1: Mm-hmm. because
0: if you like did they really think realistically that there was going to be tickets left over no, for the general no tickets sale left. huh there's no tickets gonna be left over yeah like i just and i agree with you that like it was just getting people's hopes up like our hopes were up because i was like oh we didn't get any well maybe on saturday we'll be able try <laughs> And then, and then they had the nerve to remove, like, you saw it first, I think. Well, you told me first that, like, they had removed the general sale. But I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, that's maybe they're just, like, reworking some things and whatever. No. no, they ran out of tickets and didn't tell anybody. They didn't tell, they didn't tell anyone until the day of. Yeah. Two o'clock the, day, the day, of. day of. But they removed it the day before. So. It's that's because
1: it was a little misleading. Because it, it just said no tickets are available online. But it didn't say the concert was sold out like it was sold out just say it's sold out exactly okay i'm getting upset again
0: (laughs) maybe maybe we should move on (laughs) i think our game plan right now is we're probably not gonna go which is fine we're still holding out hope i think that there are gonna be additional dates and that this is just kind of like a test um because i know california has has some low rates of Mm -hmm. has been able to maintain i think a low rate of like covid cases Um, or something like that or something I don't know but um (laughs) but anyways I think that's also why they chose California um and maybe we're holding out hope that like maybe early next year they'll come out with like additional dates for like an actual like real tour um and I think we're going to probably just watch them via the online concert which is fine because we'll have better view than what we did than we would have (laughs) had if we went to California yeah, and it's. I mean,
1: we always make those fun.
0: The online concerts are fun. I mean,
1: the last time we went a little all out when we watched the festa, but I mean, still, it's not bad. It's better seats than if we would have tried for the like. Say we we were. I'm not really. I wouldn't say desperate enough, but say we really wanted to go so bad that we were in the 500s. Like being up close is still better than nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah.
0: Okay. You got anything
1: else to say about the Ticketmaster?
0: No, just congrats to everyone who did get tickets and they were lucky yeah. to get
1: tickets. Okay, that's it. I agree.
0: Especially if it's your first time seeing them, congratulations,
1: yeah. you will not be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so moving on to our next item, it's another BTS related one, but it's like cooler, you know. Um. So we're going to talk about when BTS came to New York and they met with Megan The
0: Stallion. So Melissa, what were your thoughts? Oh, okay. So I thought it was a really cute meetup. Um they all looked really comfortable um with um, meeting her. And she's and I feel like I mean, I feel like she seems to be like really relatable and really nice. Mm-hmm. Um and I really love the part. Um I'm like abbreviating like a little everything that happened but or summarize everything that happened but like um i really liked um the part when they were trying to do a little tiktok did she ever release that tiktok i, think they I don't know it. well the, the the process of them trying to do it was cute that was fun um and it made me realize that tegan megan <laughs> is <laughs> pretty tall But she was also wearing like heels but she was like it was like kind of short heels but it's just funny because they all kind of claim to be like not that they claim to be but I guess they are fairly tall but then next to her like they don't look that tall (laughs) but but it was it was really cute and I'm really glad they got to meet up in person I wish there was like a video or something but um yeah I don't know Amber um, I agree with everything
1: you're saying um, she seems so nice Like I feel like she is just like a regular girl that happens to be famous and so it makes her really approachable I think we I don't know if we talked about it I think we talked about the other day but I just like how like she feels like one of us you know <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it's always nice to see that um, and I really love their interaction and kind of like what you were talking about with the TikTok I thought it was really funny how they were trying to teach her the hand signs but they like could not get it together for the longest and so <laughs> they were struggling but their interaction was really cute i really liked the part where um where she where like she was trying to get her dog four or whatever and he, and i was like why why four She's like it's my favorite number <laughs> like it was just it was just so normal like
0: it, you i was liked like it. oh
1: yeah, like, oh, okay, thought I had more meaning, <laughs> but that's it, I don't know, I love, I love when I get to see them interact with other artists, um, because I think so far, the only one that I can remember that they've interacted with kind of like that was Halsey, um, and so it's always nice to see them with other people, and they were so sweet and nice, so yeah, I think they enjoyed themselves, <laughs> so that's I all I had so. to say. You have
0: anything else? Um, no, I'm just no, I'm just glad that they just were able to take time out of their schedules to meet up. Um, because at first, I think we talked about this offline, but but at first, I thought that they had met up with her when they were at the Met, like museum, I guess, event that they had. But this looked like a whole nother like. Like, it's, like, like, they, like, they, like, they, no, no, sorry, like, they specifically took time out of their schedule, like, you know what, never mind.
1: <laughs> I think it is nice that they took time out of their schedule to meet up with her, or they both, I was hoping that they low-key made a video, I'm not going to lie, I was so hoping that they did, but they did it so, it's cool, though. Um, oh, is that all? Yeah, that's it. All right, so moving on to our next new item, we are going to talk about Wanho Thirst Tweets. If you guys don't know what Thirst Tweets is, it's through BuzzFeed and they pick, they go through Twitter. We literally look through tweets and find like just really thirsty ones for artists. Um, If you haven't seen it, I say go check it out. It's on their YouTube channel. I think it's BuzzFeed Celebrity. Um, I think that's their, I guess their sub channel that it was on, but I'm pretty sure we just type in
0: Wanho. You'll find it.
1: Um. So, Melissa, what were your thoughts?
0: Um. So, I was personally really looking forward to this one, um, because it's him, because it's Juanjo. and I don't. I just feel like it's always. I. I. I really like the. It's very rare that you see an idol doing these types of segments because mm-hmm. you know they have a certain image that they're supposed to like a wholesome type of image. And considering Juanjo is who he is, I was like, yeah, I want to see, like, what he's going to say or, like, what types of tweets, type mm-hmm. of tweets he's going to get. Um, and But but interestingly, considering, like, his brand is, considering his brand and how he portrays himself, like, on Instagram and just, like, in general, I felt, I felt tame, which was interesting because I had also just recently seen JB's and the tweets were you know they were very thirsty <laughs> yeah they were <laughs> and he was just sitting there like uh this is a little bit awkward but okay thanks guys um and i don't know i was also thinking maybe it's because of the difference of like the labels too because i feel like Juanho is still with he's still with um uh, i can't remember you guys um, <laughs> but he's with a like a, a agency that is like you know has other idols so whereas jb is you know he's with j parks labels so they have a different type of like culture i feel like and different types of personas mm-hmm. but it was in just so but anyways but so i thought that was so that could be it too but um even though the tweets were were pretty tame i felt like he was still kind of reciprocating the energy that the fans were giving him in the tweets um and so, like, I thought it was funny when he said that he basically needed to build more muscle before he meets his American fans so that he could snap them in half. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and, like, like he was just, like, he was just, he was, parts of it were still, like, wholesome. But parts of it were still, like, oh, is that what y'all want? I mean, you know, if you want, I could try. <laughs> so, I thought that was funny. And it was just really fun to see him do this because... I mean, his whole brand is like him being sexy. hmm For the most part. Um, so I just thought it was fun. But anyways, <laughs> Amber, what were your thoughts?
1: Um, I agree with you. It was very tame. Like, I know if you go on Twitter, there's other tweets that are more thirsty than what they gave him. And so maybe you're right, maybe it was just due to the company. Cause I know sometimes like companies will go through like the content of like
0: mm. like
1: the like an interview or something like that they'll go through questions or they'll say like okay these questions are off limits and so i'm wondering if it was the same thing with the tweets where like maybe they went through the tweets that they had picked out i'm like uh no we don't want that no this one's fine and so i was expecting a lot more um and i i agree with you it's the same energy he was trying i think it's just he funny went. that he he's like all for giving us what we want that's the crazy part he was like oh you want that okay I got you.
0: I got you. I got y'all. Don't worry. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I really liked it. So that, those, were, those were my thoughts. I mean, I was expecting a lot more, but I mean, it's not his fault. Like, you can't blame him for the video. I think, I don't know. I just wish they would have given him thirst trap tweets like JB got because I would have lived for that video. Um. So yeah. Is there anything else you have to say about Wano? Um... No, I guess not. Okay, then we're gonna move on to our last piece of news. I guess I've said piece of news like multiple times throughout this. I'm really sorry. Um, so we're gonna talk about the obsession-sized influence of the Netflix K-drama Squid Game. Um, so I watched the show and. I loved it for the humanity perspective and looking at what people will do when they are put in a desperate situation. Um, I just think it's crazy how this drama has blown up. Because if you've seen it or you've just seen, even the trailer, you'll know from the trailer just how like crazy, wild... And violent it is and how people are just like dying left and right. So I think it's crazy that this this is the K drama out of all the K dramas that are out there that has blown up in the United States and just all over the world. Um, I think it's interesting that it the influence that it's had even within the media, because the other day I was watching this show, um, I think it's called it's called the readout with I can't remember the lady's name, but she talks about politics and all this other good stuff. And so they were using different aspects of Squid Game and the issues and the dynamics in it to talk about politics within the United States. And I thought that was just crazy. I was like, wow, like, do you know how like influential or like obsessed this this drama had to be for people just in all parts of. I guess different aspects within United States jobs or whatever, um, to in like include that into what they're talking about, and they were like wearing like the different green and red hoodies and everything. It's crazy. Also, I find it funny how people who may have been like talking trash about you liking K dramas are now obsessed with one, and I'm just like, did you guys? Oh, so now you like K dramas? You like this now? Oh, you're okay. You're okay with reading subtitles? Is subtitles okay? I mean, I know they had the dub, but I think a lot of people watched it with the subtitles too. So I just I don't know. I just think it's crazy. I I, I also kinda live for it because K dramas are great and I love them. So what's what were your
0: thoughts? Um Yeah, I didn't so I have not watched it and <laughs> I don't know if I will. I'm not sure because I I don't know. I'm not. I don't do too much with gore, but I did find it really interesting that this is the one that everyone's been talking about. And I guess because I think I was surprised because I feel like there are other shows that seem similar to this that are already out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was kind of confused, like why this one. Um, I do feel like I don't. know, I don't. Well, I know some, they may be watching with subtitles, but I've also seen people watching it, saying that they've been watching it with, with dub, the dub version too. So, um, but I guess that's because they want to watch it like while they're doing other things as well. Um, But I mean, and I think it's interesting that, you know, the records that the show is settings i think it's become like it's or it, it either has or it is going to on track to become no netflix's netflix's number one stream show yeah um so that's crazy um and yeah i mean i hope more people um i hope this is a gateway into people realizing that um korean movies and shows are pretty top tier yeah <laughs> so uh, I mean, hopefully that this gets people more open to watching those. I guess it's interesting because literally, like was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday my um my uncle was saying how he's probably gonna try to start watching it, <laughs> and he's never watched any Korean shows, like ever. Um. So, so it's just interesting. And then, like, my mom is like asking me about it. Like, is it good? <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, if you're okay with people dying, I mean, I don't know. But um, so it's so it is interesting. And it's it's and it'll be interesting to see. I guess how well other Korean shows will do in the future. I guess mm-hmm. on Netflix. I don't know. But, anyways, I'm glad people are getting put on as well. So yeah i also wonder if they're like netflix is gonna oh
1: god okay two things i wonder if netflix is gonna start making more shows like this one but Mm. also I, i hope they don't drag it out because i've noticed because okay so before i feel like netflix has always been the streaming service where like if they have a show they're gonna put it all out in a chunk like you can binge watch the whole season and it's fine um but with some of the K-dramas that I've been watching on Netflix, they've been releasing like a few, either like one episode a week or two episodes a week. And I hope they don't do this with Squid Game. And I hope, um, yeah, I just hope that doesn't happen because it was easy for me to like binge watch it. Oh. But if, I feel like if I had to wait each week to watch the next episode, I don't know if I would have been as like into it as I was before. Um, as I was when I got to binge watch it so I don't know I'm just curious about what they're, what they're going to do but I really hope that um, they, they don't do that if there's a season 2 and I hope they get a little more diverse if, if they try to re- replicate this type of show so hmm. yeah that's all I had to say are there talks for a season 2? I don't know I was looking f- to see if there's talks for a season 2 but Based on um, how Netflix rolls, you know, I'm assuming that there will be, especially for the fact that it got so popular and people are so mm-hmm. into it. And I feel like even shows that I thought maybe wouldn't have a season two, they did come out with like another season or just more seasons. They just came out with more of them simply because people started watching the show and want more. So I feel like mm-hmm. they're definitely, I, I, I would put money on it, that they would do a season two. Hmm.
0: Yeah, they do have a track history. Track record is that the right word? They do have a track record of kind of putting out the same type of movies over and over, which is irritating. Um, But okay, yeah, I I don't know if if they do come out with the season two, I may go back and watch the season one. (laughs) Okay,
1: (laughs) Melissa, I'm just saying because you were like the man from nowhere is too much. Squid Game a lot okay and squid game would be too
0: much but i think but to be fair i feel like we went into at least or at least i felt like i went into the man of uh, from nowhere was it was man from nowhere i think so yeah okay that's so, what but, i said if it's wrong okay. it's wrong <laughs> <laughs> but like i went into it thinking it was going to be something different like i thought it was going to mm-hmm. be action with like romance like i thought it was going to be action with like a little bit of a balance of mm-hmm. something else but it was just action like the yeah. whole time like the whole time, and I just I was unprepared. But like with Squid Game, if I go in knowing it's gonna be a lot of death, you know, it's gonna be a lot of like death, like maybe and constantly, blood. then I feel like I was like be pre- better prepared. I was not prepared for men from nowhere. Yeah,
1: honestly, I wasn't
0: prepared either. So
1: <laughs> like halfway through, I was like, okay, I get it, I get how this movie's gonna turn out, but. But I still was just like, oh my gosh. I don't know. I agree. I thought it was gonna be something different. Yeah. So. Okay. Sorry. I took us on to like a whole another oh, another one. Like, uh if you wanna hear more, you got to go check out that episode though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, but that's all I had to say about Netflix. How about you? That's all I had to say. All right. So we're done with the news and we're gonna go into our review of the K-drama, the devil judge which is available on viki if you guys want to watch it so i'm gonna give the synopsis first so kang yo is the head judge of the highest court in the land in a dystopian south korea of the future his word is law and his courtroom has become the ultimate tv reality show with viewers invited to participate in a live self-styled people's court here, greed and corruption are apparently exposed for all the nation to see, and punishments handed out accordingly. A divisive figure, the public is unsure as to whether Kang Yohan is a true popular hero or a malicious force sowing the seeds of chaos in his court. Meanwhile, Jung Sona is a tough, intelligent, and ambitious woman with a hunger for power. She has formed a bitter rivalry with Kanyo Han and has risen from poverty to become the director of a corporate social responsibility foundation. She wields considerable behind-the-scenes power, maintaining close ties with politicians and business leaders alike, and is hell-bent on promoting her own vision of the future. She is also getting for Kanyo Han himself, hopeful for uncover- uncovering her rival's darkest secrets. Into this turbulent world, step two childhood friends on a quest for true justice: a rookie orphan judge called Kim Gaon and a police officer named Yoon So Hyun. Okay, so we went over the synopsis. Um, so we're gonna go into some character discussions. We're gonna start with Kang Yo Han. Um, I will say his character made me feel very uneasy. Like I saw him and. I wasn't sure how to feel about him. Um, There were times when I really liked what he was trying to do, even though some of it was like manipulated and unlawful. But like, at the same time, these were people that did need to be punished, but probably weren't going to get punished because of like their position or their money. Like, so it was kind of needed that he had to do that in order for them to, well, I guess in order for him to get justice, really. But at the same time, he also had his own agenda uh, because of what happened at the church and the fire and and just how ruthless some of these people were well some of like the high people like the president the what is it, the minister of justice like their the media guy his wife like these these people were just so ruthless during the fire and so um yeah so I understand why he was going after them and doing this stuff unlawfully but I don't know and then, then another part of me for why I was feeling uneasy was because I really liked him at some parts because of what I just explained. But the other thing is is that he, he honestly felt evil, especially when he was like going around beating up people and I think I think he killed someone at the beginning. I think I, I don't okay, he didn't like push the guy off the roof, but he like was chasing after him to the point where, like, there was nowhere for him to go except for over the side of the building. And so I just, like, I don't know. I was, like, at that point, I was, like, oh, this man's crazy. Oh, he's crazy. But it all made sense. So, yeah, I guess just throughout this whole thing, even to the end of it, I still was, like, I don't know if I like him or I love him. But I guess I, guess I like him because I don't know. But, like, even everything he went through – Things still stay the same. So I don't know. He's he's a character that I will forever go back and forth on. So Melissa, what were your thoughts?
0: Um, I agree. Um <laughs> I thought he was the bad guy for the majority of the series, but I don't think I don't think I don't think I thought he was a bad guy because of the bad things that because of the things that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um honestly, to me it all just seemed like a means to an end. But I mean, I thought he was a bad guy because I thought he had killed his brother in the fire Um, until we found out more about, until we found out more about the fire, like, later on. But I was, like, and I thought, like, for sure that, like, I don't know, I thought for sure that he killed his brother and he wanted to take over, like, the house. And I don't know, I don't know. But, but so, but I, I guess in the back of my mind, I, he felt like he, it still seemed like he was a good guy because of his intentions to take down the foundation like after we learned more about the fire I was like oh okay so this is why he's doing what he's doing mm-hmm. I mean and you know from the beginning I think he had said it you know in order to play at the same level as these people you have to play dirty mm-hmm. so he did what he had to do to get things done that's all I was gonna say
1: all right. Well, then moving on to our next character, we're going to talk about Kim Ga Um, and let's your thoughts.
0: Um, so I thought he was pretty naive and very gullible throughout yeah. the series, and it was very frustrating how gullible he was, especially at the end. I sense I feel like I'm, I kind of mostly remember the end more so than the rest of it. Um, but it was just so annoying how at the end he ended up falling for, uh the foundation's trap and mm-hmm. set up um, Johan. <sighs> I don't know. That was irritating. But yeah, so that was basically my whole thoughts about him. He was very naive. Really, like, At his core, he was a really good person and yeah. people took advantage of that. The, the, the Johan did as well as the foundation did. Um, so, and he just let himself be used by both sides. Um, and I felt like he... Like, throughout the series, he was just struggling to <sighs> which side? Struggling to determine what side he should be with. Um, yeah. And, I mean, at the end, he finally came to his senses in, like, the last couple episodes. But before that, it was just, like, I don't know. He was kind of annoying. But anyways, good actor, though. The guy who played him. And, yeah, that's all I was going to say. What about you? Uh,
1: um... I agree with you i'm i'm thoroughly mad about how gullible he is <laughs> I'm so bad but i will say i think the part when um you know for a majority of it i was okay with him like even though he was naive and gullible whatever like he was just tossed into this world um of i guess the corrupted uh, and he had no bearing so i understand um but i will say i feel like he started losing himself when um kyung he killed herself, and he was like, he was like, oh, she killed herself. But like, let me look for what I, what we came here for, with the information. I think they were looking for like a, not a chip, but like a like maybe like a memory card or something that had like a bunch of information on the um, top people of the country. And so he just like searched her body, and I'm sitting here like, Colin, what are you doing? She's dead. Like why are you searching her like that? And I just I don't know. It just it proved just how far he had like fallen from his like moral standpoint of trying to be good and follow the law. And um yeah, because at first he was just trying to uphold the law the whole time. But I don't know, after I guess I guess it kinda switched after he saw um the 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 prisoners were switched, I think the person i don't know oh, yeah. i can't remember what the guy did i think he like swindled his parents out of money or something and then his yeah. parents ended up um killing themselves so yeah so they switched that guy and he was actually free and so after that that's when he became like really down for doing the bad things because he kind of was on the same mindset as Johan of like you got to get dirty And so that's what you have to do. But it really made me mad because I was really hoping that he would still be, like, a really good person throughout this whole thing. But, I mean, I guess sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So, (laughs) yeah, that's how I thought about him. Um, You have anything else to say? Um, No. All right. So we're going to move on to Jung Sun Ah. Um, I liked how she was, like, the true mastermind behind everything. Like, we got glimpsed into, like, her actually having her own hidden agenda. But it wasn't until the end where you see, like, oh, from, like, the beginning, beginning, she has had a master plan. Like, her plan started the moment when Johan was like, oh, yeah, welcome to my court. Like, he made that big announcement at the... don't know i guess announcement at this party or whatever to everyone that he was the judge of the live court like since that moment i think that's episode one this whole time she had a plan and so i really like that i don't know i like when i see like female characters being like the big dog you know the master but um Yes, yeah, so I just wanted to get out the other way first. Um, I also, like, her as, like, a character, though, I feel like she was crazy, but, like, sad and pitiful at the same time. And um, she was another character that made me feel uneasy. But I don't know if that's because slight, like, not exactly, but slightly, I feel like Suna and Johan kind of had, like, the same, I wouldn't say upbringing, but kind of, like, the same outlook on life kind of like you got to do what you got to do to get ahead because like no one else is going to look out for you um so yeah so she just made me really uneasy and even though she did a lot of bad things like she made a lot I mean she killed someone so (laughs) she killed so no she killed two people she killed two people throughout the whole
0: series who
1: else did she kill oh yeah the guy the i can't remember it i don't know if he was a secretary or a driver but johan's right-hand man i forgot she did that too because she got a lot of people okay she a lot
0: of people. and she i think she has allegedly killed her mother too
1: oh you're right she did okay <laughs> she
0: got she a bunch of people
1: and so like even though she did stuff like that and she was bad like i still felt bad for her and it was just like i don't know i guess it's just because you learn throughout like her background and you you literally learned that she was like on her own and she's had some messed up things happen to her that I feel like maybe pushed her to have this like sick twisted outlook on life. And so yeah, so
0: all of that she was just an, an easy
1: character for me as well. So what were your thoughts?
0: Um yeah, um, I felt bad for her the, the the more we learned about her background i was like wow she like definitely had a rough um i agree that she was but i, I do agree that she was very crazy um <laughs> she like you said she killed a lot of people it was so weird it's so weird how like but i guess at the same time like it was almost like okay i get it like <laughs> i yeah. get that she was trying to really push people to get what she needed to get what she wanted or to, she, so she, so all of the, I don't know. It was almost like, like you said, um, she did what she felt like she had to do to get to the next level, I guess. Yeah. Um, But I, so I, so in that sense, like what you were saying about how she was the, really the mastermind behind the whole setup from the beginning, I think that's one of the things Parts where I was like, okay, well, I kind of admired her willingness to be successful or to be in the top position of power, especially coming from where she came from. Um, She saw that, you know, position of power as like the greatest thing. I don't know what I'm trying to say. But anyways, but it was also sad when she got to the position of power and she realized that there was nobody there um, with her. Um, cause I remember when, after she killed the previous chairman, um, she was trying to find someone to just have like a glass of wine with her. And she was like calling up, uh, I don't know who this girl was. I guess the girl who kind of did her dirty work, mm-hmm. the assassin <laughs> or whatever. Um, I don't know if she was, I don't know if I would call her an assassin. Um, but she just did her dirty work and she was like, oh, you know, I'm off, you know, I'm off work yeah so it was so sad seeing her like get to where she thought she wanted to be i think but there was no one there like with her and like that was one of like one of the few like human moments i feel like in the series for her um and it seemed like she was trying to force johan into that role of being her partner and you know it's interesting because i was thinking like they have they had a really weird tension yeah yeah. And maybe it's like what you said, and I didn't think about it until you said it, but you said that they both kind of had the same outlook on life, because, like, he came, from, he was, like, an orphan, essentially, and he was brought into the family, and, like, he kind of had the same, like, feeling that, you know, you have to do what you have to do to get ahead, and so maybe that's why she was so, like, I don't know, it's just, and, but I feel like in a different, like, if if he, she wasn't a killer, and if he didn't have an agenda, I really? feel like they probably would have been a good couple. I think I don't know. so, too. <laughs> it was so strange. But watching them in their scene together, I was like, there is a very interesting, like, there could be something there. Yeah. Um, If she wasn't crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Because um, he didn't want that crazy. But, mm. I mean, anyways, um, back to her, though. Um, I, I thought she was an interesting character. And there were definitely moments where you, it's usually when anytime they went back into like her past where she seemed more human. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't really have too much to say about her. She was an interesting character, I thought. Um, anyways, yeah, that's all I was going to say.
1: Okay. So moving on to our next character, we're going to about- talk about Yoon Soo Hyun. Um, I felt like she was kind of unnecessary <laughs> I mean I know she she I mean okay I feel like she was generally unnecessary but she played I guess a key role at certain moments but I think if she was written out of the storyline I would have been like okay I get it um but I think maybe she was the most necessary for keeping Colin on like the right moral track like she I guess she was like the angel on his shoulder, telling him like, "No, don't do these bad things. Don't do it. You're not this person. Like, we can handle this through the law." Um, now think about that. It's also kind of crazy that the only reason why she became a police officer was to protect, was to protect Colin which is so crazy. Like, I don't know that dedi- that's dedication. She really loved that man. Um, so yeah. And at times, I thought she was a little annoying. I guess that kind of also goes with the thought of her being unnecessary but i think she was just annoying because like people kept trying to like warn her to like stop like don't go on pa- like don't don't keep investigate- investigating, the investigating don't don't keep pushing this don't keep prying into it it's gonna be like just don't do it but she just kept doing it and I was in my head i'm just thinking you're gonna get hurt like you're you're really gonna get hurt one day like listen to these people because they're trying to look out for you um and so i guess in that sense i thought she was annoying um Uh, that all being said though I thought it was kind of messed up that she died how she did but I understand why she died but it's just kind of messed up because like I don't know I just felt like she was doing all this stuff for Gaon and for her to like just be shot because she was looking into things um, that she wasn't supposed to uh, it's kind of messed up Um, and I will say when she died I thought Johan knew exactly like what was happening because he just kind of stood there and watched her die while Colin was like on the floor. But I guess it's not in his character to try to comfort someone in their time of need. So, yeah, I mean, that really wasn't, I guess I really didn't have a positive outlook on her character. <laughs> so, Melissa, what were your thoughts?
0: Sorry, this is good. this is, doesn't seem like it. <laughs> oh, um, God. But I could honestly, because I was thinking the same thing. Like, I thought she, I'm surprised she laughs at us in the series. I feel bad for laughing. But I mean, like,
1: yeah, no, I know. It's
0: not funny, but it's funny, but it's not funny. Yeah, because I think I agree with you because she kept investigating. Like, she didn't, it just seemed, I think the annoying part about her for me is not even just the fact that she kept investigating, it was that she was. It, she was investigating these really really high profile people by herself all yeah. the time which is why when she every time she went and and got deeper into like the investigation I was like oh she's gonna die here she's gonna die here oh she's still not dead oh she's still <laughs> so I wasn't surprised that she died how she died because like you said she the reason she became a police officer was to protect Gaon and so it made sense to me that she would die trying to protect Gaon which is what ended up happening um as just i thought she was going to die a lot earlier um and like she kept putting herself in the like it's just it was annoying how she seemed it made she it was like she thought she was like superwoman like i don't know but she kept putting herself in these situations like by herself like what really annoyed me was the part where she and Elia were in the car and they had came across those um yes. those, the live streamers. Yeah. Um, and I was like, are you really about to leave Elia in this car while you go out there and try to fight, like, these 20 men, like, by yourself? Like, do you really think they care that you're a police officer? Because at that point, that was, I think that was when the president had... Didn't he, wasn't at that point where the, he just kind of, like, where the the, the the social, I can't remember if that was when the, the foundation kind of took over, like, the police or whatever, and they were, like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, you remember there was a part where they kind of took over and they, like, in, instituted, like, a new, uh, or, or uh, an emergency uh Unit or something like that. Yeah, that was before. um, Oh, which the incident you're talking about
1: was before before. they did that. That was that incident happened like midway through or something. Okay, and I think what you're talking about is the later, the later incident. There's so many incidents and it's just crazy.
0: Like (laughs) this show is crazy. You're right. You're right. Sorry, because this is this is. I think this is also the first time Johan had actually seen the live streamers like face to face. I think. Because that's when he showed up. I think when and when he realized Elliot was in danger. Yeah, I think. And they're like, "Oh, it's you." And I don't know. Anyways, okay. Well, anyways, that whole part is made me upset because it was like she kept trying to act like she was Superwoman, but she wasn't. And so, uh-huh. but I agree that I think she was the only character in the show that would that that had to be um, gowns like angel, I guess. Or like someone to keep him or his moral uh keep him on like his the moral his moral compass <laughs> <laughs> um anyways, that was really her only purpose. I felt like otherwise, other than that, um, I thought she was kind of unnecessary that's all that's that's it, okay, yeah, I agree with everything you said, but
1: okay. Okay, so moving on to our next character, we're going to talk about President Ho Jun-se, and I'll go first. I found him very annoying, (laughs) but I understand why he needed to be a character. I didn't, the thing I really didn't like was how he was always willing to resort to violence to get what he wanted like for example when he was talking about how he would use the mil- military to like plow down the citizens that opposed them if like they were gonna protest or whatever and I'm just like that's just how that's that's not gonna help in this, this dystopian South Korea like this is that's just like a new revolution revolution is that what it's called like when he started like a new revolution where the people try to rise up against the government and try to like take over like it's just gonna be too much um yeah i just found his character annoying and then i feel like he did too much too like he was i mean even they mentioned it within the like the drama itself but he was he was like acting and he was just putting on like this big show in front of everyone and i will say one quality about him i guess that was somewhat was somewhat interesting was that he had a way of like making the people feel like they had power like making the citizens feel like they had power and they could do anything which i guess was also good and bad because he started he's the reason that the was, wasn't was he the reason that the bamboo people got started in the first place and they were over here beating up everyone yeah. so yeah so I guess that's like a bad thing to it but I just I don't know I guess it's just interesting to see how in times of need this this leader can pop up as long as he can make people feel like they, they have a voice and have a chance for things to get better. So,
0: yeah. Most of your thoughts? Um. Yeah, I agree that he was really annoying. Um, <laughs> and later on, I just, I just felt like he was just a sick individual, like in general. Yeah. He was annoying at first, but then when the whole thing about them, uh, testing on Korean citizens. Oh, yeah. That was that was. I was like, I was like, how sick do you have to be to do that? Like, he created this whole virus that didn't even exist just so just so that they can take the poor and test on them and make money and profit off of them. Like that was just sick. Um but yeah, so I felt like he was just very power hungry. Um he used people for his own benefit, including the bamboo spears people. Yeah, I can't remember I can't remember the actual name but I know <laughs> I remember I bamboo. It. I can't remember what the second part was. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They were bad guys anyways. So yeah. um so I was really glad later on when Sunna Sunna when Sunna um kind of shut him up when he started going like really off the rants, and then Mm -hmm. and you knew he was crazy when uh when the people that were kind of like in cahoots with him from the beginning were like uh he's a bit crazy yeah um and so i think when he started going like off the rails is the one soon i was like uh yeah you thought you were in power but you're not um so that part was kind of like cool um just because he was getting on my nerves talking about (laughs) running people over i was like what is wrong with him um, and I guess one thing, that's all I like technically was going to say, but I did want to say that I did think it was interesting that he did use social media to connect with the people. Mm-hmm. And cause I agree with you that, you know, he, um, gave mm-hmm. people, I guess, uh, the people like a, a platform to, or it made them believe that they too could rise up. He was very convincing yeah and he, and and I know in the show he's supposed I think his before they had before the foundation had him elected as a president he was like an actor himself and so I thought that was actually like pretty brilliant in that they chose an actor to be the president who who likes being in the center who likes being the center of attention and the fact that he was really into live streaming and connecting with the people it just i don't know i just felt like he really was a really good i don't know pawn i guess for them because he was very convincing in the way that he talked i mean he was crazy but like Mm -hmm. the way that he like really moved people um i thought that was pretty i thought that was a really good move on the part of the foundation to select an actor someone who was like believable
1: I think also that's something true. I want to add on to that was just the fact when you were talking about him being an actor I remember the part where he was talking to the other two guys that were like you know part of this whole big plan and he was talking about how he was like describing a movie and then he was like oh and then the credits will roll and then I feel like that's when those guys started to realize that he doesn't care They, I think they even said it like he doesn't care about the fallout of his actions because he's only <laughs> focused on like the big i guess like the big hurrah of it all and not Mm -hmm. really focusing on okay well if you if you kill this citizen people are going to be upset and then all this other like snowball effect will happen and so i don't know i think it's just crazy he was only focused on like being a man in power and not caring about the people that he's leading
0: because he never did in the the beginning no no
1: I mean, the whole point, I mean, according to his wife, when they had that conversation, the whole point was so that he could get in power and they could make money. I can't remember how they said they were making money. I guess it was through. I don't know. I don't know how they said they were making money. But um, she was like, she even was like, OK, you're losing sight of our whole purpose here. A whole purpose was for you to get in power and for us to make money. But now all he's worried about is just the power part so i don't know i feel like those are like little little hints that you slowly start to see that this man is just getting crazier and crazier and drunk off power so yeah that's that's all. do you have anything else to say? um no I don't, I, don't, I don't have any more to say about that man okay so moving on to our last character that we felt the need to talk about um so he goes by two names throughout the show um the first one is Juke Cheng or chang um that's like his personality name and the his actual name is kim jung-sik um and so melissa what did you think about him
0: um i just overall thought he was a very sad person because he went through he he trusted the wrong people and was blinded by his loyalty to the president um all because he just wanted like an apartment by the han river like i remember towards the end when he was being put on trial and they were going to electrocute him to death. Um, he was like the, the president kept telling him, you know, hold on to a little bit longer. Um, he wanted like, he seemed, it seemed like, I don't remember if they really went into his background a little or at all, but it seemed like he wanted like a pretty simple life. And mm-hmm. it was just so sad how, I mean, he put himself into this position but he seemed to have very simple goals and mm. he was doing a lot for these goals and i don't know and and i guess that's the part that made me sad it was like he was willing to die for this man's it wasn't it's i mean i guess it technically wasn't really for the president but it was just like he trusted the president that he wasn't going to die and he trusted that the president was going to save him because of everything that he had done for him and his goal. And I just thought that part was very sad mm-hmm. and yeah, his life was just sad. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stop saying sad. I mean, I guess that's all I was going to say about him. What about you?
1: Um, I agree. He was a sad character. I think, he okay. First, he was a sad character, and I think the first time he was put on trial, I think they went into his background, and I think I don't know. I just remember them calling him basically a loser, and so and like somehow he built up this like crazy online persona where like he he was cool or whatever. Um, so yeah, he was just a, it's just sad. Um, I also feel like he was easily manipulated and. It, it, easily manipulated with like empty promises because to me he really never received anything except for recognition and i feel like that's also part of all that he wanted was just someone to pay him some sort of attention because from if i remember correctly he really i don't think he was really popular when he was younger or he was just kind of like looked over or something so i think maybe that was just the whole point of like Because the president like the top, the top person in this country is paying attention to me. And so I feel like maybe that's why he was able to, to continue to support and believe in the president and believe in his like conviction without the evidence of receiving anything just simply because he was getting the attention that he wanted. But um, I was also shocked when he held out so long in the chair because he believed the president. Like, he's just, like, he was, he's just new. And I think what was so messed up is we have just got done talking about how sick the president was. He was, like, even if to the end he held out or even if he was going to open his mouth and say something and give evidence to Johan about all the corruption and who paid him to go into I guess was it a slum or like a I think they kept calling it a slum in the show Um, but this poor area where they were just trying to get people out there really wasn't anything going on but he, he I guess Johan was trying to prove that he had orders to go there and like beat these people up basically and the president was like, even if even if he opens his mouth, I'm just turn turn the electricity all the way up. Like, he was never going to save this man. Like, he told this man he was going to save him, and he didn't. And it's just really sad because chun really, like, believed in it. And I think maybe he's, uh, I mean, I'm just thinking of this now, but maybe he's just one of those characters where it just goes to prove just how influential the president was. And how much the people truly believed in everything that he was saying, and so I don't know if he was supposed to represent like the radical part of the mm-hmm. country. Um, so yeah, so I think that's just how I felt about this man. He was just sad. Um, he was. He was. He was evil. I mean, I don't think. I don't think him being sad or him being manipulated um, changes the fact that he killed that old man. Out of anger, like I feel like he truly had anger towards Johan, and that's why he killed the man to like have him come down or whatever. So, yeah, he's just like an evil, sad man, I guess. So, that's all I had to say.
0: Okay, all right, so now we're gonna go into our favorite scenes and our worst scenes or scenes we didn't like. Um, so in terms of scenes that I didn't like, there were three that I could think of. Um, one was where I, I consider him to be Johann's bodyguard or I guess or a handman too. I guess I'd consider I don't know or driver, not even bodyguard driver because he was really his driver of um, <laughs> he was a lot so. of things. <laughs> yeah he just he did it all. Um, so when he died, um, I was very upset about it. I mean, I guess, I guess in my and at the time, I was like, "What was the point of that?" But I guess it was to. She was son was trying to um, take away, I guess, all of the people that were around Johan in order mm-hmm. for him to succumb to her and what she wants. I guess, um, or to make him feel alone. I guess, essentially, so. I just, I didn't like that part at all. Because I had, I mean, I didn't really feel attached to the guy, but it was just, like, they're just dropping, like, flies. Like, I don't know. Like, the people around him, like, I don't know. I don't know if that was the right emotion. I said it like that. But, um, anyways. So that was that one. And then, second scene I didn't like was when we found out how Elia lost her legs in the fire. Mm. Like, that just broke me. Because I was just like... And the fact that the minister... Because basically, it was a minister who crushed her legs. And the fact that she had, like, absolutely no remorse about it. It was just, like, she really didn't care, like, at all. It has no remorse. Didn't say sorry. Didn't say anything. Ugh, I was like, yeah, I understand why he is the way he is now. Because these people are evil. And they don't care about anyone but themselves. Um, And then the third scene that I didn't like... I didn't like the, so this we talked about him a little bit earlier, but the scam artist or the, the con man, um, the part where he chose his money, which happened to be fake, over his family. I, yeah. That was just sickening to me. I was just like, I couldn't believe it. And it was crazy because what, earlier when we see Johan and Kyle, blah, 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 Gaon, <laughs> um spying on him, um, he seemed to be like a really good like he's like a real like family guy and mm-hmm. he really loved his family and you know but um, during that part it was just like he really didn't doesn't care about his family he, or even, I don't know if he didn't really care about his family but it was clear that you know the money was more important to him and like the greed he was just the greed was more he was I don't know he was just greedy i guess is what i was thinking like his wealth was more important to him than his family like he didn't realize what he had like his family's over here burning and he's over here worried about some fake money like that was just sickening to me and like <sighs> anyways i didn't like that part and those are the things i didn't like um yeah what about you amber uh so the
1: last scene you talked about yeah that was one of the scenes that i i didn't like at first like when so okay for that part yeah because the guy like he only cared about his money and wasn't even paying attention to his family but the other part was that i was like wait johan is really gonna like burn the trailer with the family in it because at first we only see the part that he's like burning them we don't know that his his right hand is going to come in from the back and tell them to get out of the trailer and um i just think that whole scene is just it was just bad because it really showed the greed of the dad like you were mentioning because like yeah, yeah he didn't care about his family at all and even when his family came out they were like what what in the world like that's what you were worried about and even to the end he was still only worried about his money like even after his wife walked away he was like oh come back you know and but he was still like happy that the money was fake and that it was his real you know he was gonna still have money so that was one of my like worst scenes that I didn't like um the second one was when um Kyunghee the minister of justice um died I didn't like the way that they just like killed her off like that because I felt like it was like an easy way out. I wish she would have like rotted in jail or something like actually got a punishment. But she was just like, nope, I'm gonna gonna take my life. So I didn't, I didn't really like that. Um, but I guess it was necessary at the same time, just because it also, cause I mentioned earlier when Colin was like going through trying to find the the information on her, I guess. That was a nice way to, like, see just how far he came. So, maybe that was the whole purpose of it. I don't know. But, I mean, really, she really had no out. I mean, she was either, like, going to get in trouble or not. So, I guess maybe she wanted to go out on her own terms, I guess. Um, And then this third, the last one is, I really would, okay, I would not say, like, I didn't like it. But I didn't. I don't know. I just really didn't like the fact that like when we find out that Alia was the one who started the fire. Um and yeah. It was just really sad. I just didn't like that she was the reason and I don't I don't think it was her fault that like it was her fault but it wasn't her fault that her parents died because like really it was just the fact that everyone was out here trying to get out on their own not paying attention to what was going around like if the minister had the, the minister of justice saw that this little girl was behind the bench that she just toppled over and she she looked her directly in the eyes and just climbed over top to get out of the out of the fire, and I feel like maybe she had like taken it, taken the child, like taken her with her, or was just like, "Oh, hey, I got your kid," because that's who they were looking for. They were looking for Elia, but unfortunately, Elia couldn't move because now her her legs are crushed. Um, so yeah, it's it just it just sucks. But I know Elia; she would have found out that like the fire started where she was playing. Then she um she would have felt like oh it's my fault that my parents died and this yeah. and so yeah i feel like that was like the worst scene or one of my scenes that i didn't like
0: okay um yeah that part was really sad <laughs> um <laughs> so moving on to this, um, our favorite scenes um mm, uh, some of my favorite scenes were when Sona gave the lecture to the girls I can't oh. remember if it was in I don't think it was like an orphanage but someplace she went and she gave a lecture to the girls that had similar like past to her mm-hmm. um and she was lecturing them and she was telling them about her story and uh, and the way to what she considered a uh, Power, I guess I can't remember exactly what she said. She said something about. She said something about basically. Did she say something about like manipulating? She, she was basically do what you gotta do. Okay. She she was like yeah she she
1: basically giving them advice on that like it's okay to do bad things because of how you grew up. And if it means that like, you'll get ahead, you can do it. I feel like that's basically the gist of her speech.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's basically what I remember from that. I was like, I couldn't remember, like, the details necessarily. But I just was just shocked that they let her continue on this rant. Because mm-hmm. at first I was thinking, oh, maybe she's dreaming. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe she's imagining, like, what she's going to say, like, in preparation for the speech. you know, they, they do that sometimes in dramas, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, where, like, where, like, but no, it's, she was still she was still like this was like real um and I guess it was because of who she was and what she what the foundation that she represented And I think they were like giving funds or something but I don't know I just thought that was um interesting that they let her go on this rant and she was and I like that she was kind of giving the girls a bit of I don't want to say hope but she talked to them straight, and I feel yeah. like they probably didn't get that type of feedback or that type of advice not feedback, but the type of advice from people. They've probably never gotten that from people before. Um, so I liked that part. <laughs> um, I also liked all the times there was a because I couldn't think of like one specific instance, but basically, whenever I can't say his name, Gown have cooked and made everyone eat together. Um I just liked all those all of the times when that happened because it really got them to I don't know, if they, I guess it brought them closer as like a family, I guess I thought with everyone sitting at the table and having a meal rather than um them eating like instant noodles on their own or whatever. Um so I really liked all those parts um and I think this the last scene that I, that I had I think I liked it because it was the first time that all of the things that the bad guys were doing was was I think starting to come to light mm-hmm. um and that was when the broadcast station started showing the riots that were going on in the slums um uh and because it was showing them what was really going on, that there really isn't that there was no virus like going on, that they were making it up. And, and so I just thought I just like that that scene, because it was the first time that everything was coming to light. Like I said, OK. And yeah, that's all I had. So, Amber?
1: Um, I like them when when we find out why Elia and Johan do not eat the maid's food, and it was just all because she can't cook, <laughs> like her food wasn't good. And so I'm sitting here thinking, like, they're so mean, why aren't they eating yeah. her food? But it's because she can't cook. <laughs> and I thought it was so funny, but I think that I also liked it because it just showed like they're not really mean or like they're not bad people it's like they actually care they just don't know how to show it properly and so I don't know I just thought that was so cute because I was just like oh she can't cook and when when Colin tasted the food he was trying to be nice about it like oh this is uh interesting (laughs) so I thought that that was one of my favorite scenes and then my second one is I wouldn't really say it's like good I mean I don't know I'm just saying it when we find out that the professor like the well i guess he was the supreme court judge or something at the, i think he was the supreme court judge at that time um but they always called mm-hmm. him colin and um su sehun always called um him professor um but he when we find out that he was working with the social responsibility foundation and tricked colin into reporting Johan for the murder of su Hyun, i was like sitting here on the edge of my bed like oh my god biggest plot twist did not see this coming i thought this man i thought he was oh oh my god i thought he was a good person the whole time he's just as corrupted as everyone else and it just sucked because like he used Hyun as a way to manipulate kawin and it's just like what in the world and then also in that scene we also figure out like really what happened at the fire and then that's when we find out that like for I feel like that was the moment like when everything was solidified that like Johann is pretty much a good person in this whole entire scenario and everybody else is messed up and it's just like what in the world and i felt bad for Colin because he just felt completely betrayed cuz he believed this man so much it's just like ugh. but when i saw this i was like what in the world? I was like, what? And I think that's also when we figured out that um, Suna had this whole plan from the beginning. And so I was just like, it was just, it was a lot of revelations in this one scene and I was like I was like oh this is a good one this is my favorite this has to be like one of my favorite scenes because everything just kind of unfolded and your eye you just finally understand everything has, that has happened up to that point point. and I was very curious about how everything was going to end so mm-hmm. yeah those those are my two favorite scenes
0: um I have to say that that was a very big plot twist yes. um i wasn't expecting i mean i thought it was kind of weird how that the, the the professor i guess was mm-hmm. the only person who was kind of like against johan mm-hmm. for like the whole series i thought it was that was kind of strange i mean i thought he was just like really like wanted to uphold the law but turns yeah. out no he was just trying to trick Gaon. um so but that was a pretty big plot twist and I just want to go back to like, just like really briefly about like the maid, because like I guess it was because well, obviously she couldn't cook, or is that they didn't, they just didn't like her food because she kept putting in like herbal stuff and medicines or whatever, or into their food. Um, but I also thought it was cute how like before he, before Johan left, I think he left her enough money or something to open up a, a, a medicine, a medicinal store or something like that. So that she can serve or, or she can sell that kind of um, stuff that she likes. So I thought that was cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say. that I didn't put that as one of my favorite scenes, but I just thought of it when you were talking about the maid. Um, to show and, then, and it was more proof, I guess, that, you know, they did actually care about her. Yeah. Um, okay, so I guess going into our overall thoughts. Um, I'm gonna go first again it seems um, <laughs> so I really liked that the characters that the same characters were the main players for the well yeah were the main players throughout the series mm-hmm. um, as I think because I think it helped give the series like a sense of continuity and consistency in the storyline because um, I feel like in, because there there were some like There were cases, obviously, like throughout the series because it's a court show. Um, But they were only in and out, like within like a couple episodes. I felt like, and and the people who were like the main like people in power that he was really trying to get at, they 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 were there throughout the series and almost all the episodes. So I liked that you weren't really, I I don't know that I was necessarily like like I didn't feel lost sometimes I feel like when there's a lot of going on I get lost with the storyline and I didn't Mm. feel that way with this one um so anyways I liked that part of the I liked that um I liked that part or that's what I liked about the series um I also liked the concept of the show I thought it was very different, and that's what kind of pulled me in. Just the concept of, like, the people being able to vote on the – not necessarily – I don't think they really got to vote on the punishment, but it was more so whether or not the person should be punished, I guess, is what I should say. Um, And so I thought that was different because I I think that was something that that kind of uh, held – why I kind of held off on watching it for a while because I was like I don't get how this is any different from any of the other court shows that I've seen and that was the difference that the people could people could vote on as whether or not they should be punished so I thought that was interesting um and my last thought that I had was that I thought that the fact that Gallon looked like Elias' dead father was kind of weird mm. um and a little bit unnecessary, I think. But I'm also wondering if that's why... I think that's part of, I think that's part of the reason why Sunnah picked him to be uh, Johan's, like, second man or, or judge or, or judge in the court, I guess. Sorry. Um, and then I think that's also... And I think they also did that because maybe that would had helped kind of tie in how or or why Elia and and uh, Johan felt maybe a bit more comfortable around him or or, I don't know I was trying to figure out like I feel like that because he looked like someone that they knew they probably felt more inclined or, or to be to help him or to be more comfortable around him um I don't know and also he was just a good person too Mm -hmm. so I think that probably also helped too but anyways yeah that's those are my thoughts what about you Amber? I had a few overall thoughts
1: um firstly like I feel like I mentioned this throughout us talking about the show but I was trying to figure out who was good and who was bad but you know by the end of it there weren't really any true good people in this entire series like there were a lot of people that had good moments but I don't think anyone came out like 100% on top didn't really do any bad things so um yeah so I thought that was interesting um I found it completely disturbing how those in power would do anything to remain at the top like even I didn't mention this but like the minister of justice like I I thought it was crazy how she she kind of chose her career over her child because i think she could have prevented prevented her son from getting flogged if she if she i don't know if she came out and said something or she said i can't remember what it was that she could have done to stop him from so, getting
0: flogged oh, go ahead so i think it was because this had to do with um Johan's right-hand man cuz i think she had falsely accused or his his father was falsely accused for some crime and she had put him away in jail um Mm -hmm. knowing knowing that he wasn't like the right person and I think if she had come out and and admitted like her mistakes or whatever then he then Johan would have you know said um prevented her son from being flogged but she didn't want to do it oh okay
1: i couldn't i couldn't remember what it was but i just knew that she really didn't care so
0: yeah basically
1: (laughs) she didn't care and i just thought oh that's crazy like that's that's your son that's like blood like you're as a mom you're supposed to look out for your son and you're just like uh my career is more important whatever so yeah i just thought that was just like it was just disturbing how all these people were willing to hurt others to be where they were um and I thought it was really sad how, like, in the end, when Kalun went to, like, the hearing about everything that happened, nothing really changed. People still had the same mindset, even though they brought down all these top people. Like, nothing changed. Everything stayed the same. And I think they even mentioned it in the show. Like, nothing really changes. It's just, like, somebody else may, is just going to come behind and go into the same positions and probably do the same thing. So, yeah, I thought that was sad. Um, another thought that I have was that I don't... I didn't really like the actress, act, actress that played Suna. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel like she was actually crazy. I felt like she was just playing crazy. Like, I liked, okay, the character. Like, I understood the character. But, like, it was just something about, I don't know if it's the way she played her that made me feel like, okay, I'm watching an actress trying to play crazy. So, mm. yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't sold on the performance um okay <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there uh, and the last thing I had was that um I think it's this show was kind of interesting because I feel like some of the, like the social issues or problems that were touched on in the show were are kind of like relevant even to today because some of the things that I saw in there I was just like oh this reminds me of like this that happened in the United States or or like or that this that's happening in another country and I was just like it's very interesting that This show kind of, I don't know if they purposely pulled from it or decided to highlight these kinds of issues, but um, I don't know. I think that's just like another aspect to the show that um, added to me, like kind of being drawn into what was happening within, within the show itself and so yeah so those those were like my overall thoughts I mean I think this is a good show it's not like the typical I also will say it's not like the typical like judge or like lawyer shows that I've watched previously um I think it really adds this like action part to it I don't know it just really shows it really focuses on the corruption rather than like I don't know. I feel like all the other like judge shows that I watched, they also added like this big piece of like romance in it, or like they. I mean, there was a little romance. I mean, when Colin and soon, what's what's her name again? I almost called her Sue but it's not. It's um when um Sue Suehyun when they got together. I guess that's a little bit of romance. I mean, it took t- too long to get together. I would say would have got together earlier, but I don't know. I just feel like this may, this show really focuses on like the corruption and like I guess also family like building back like that family connection like between Elia and Johan. So I don't know. I mean I feel like people should watch it. I think it's pretty good. Um so yeah if you guys if you guys want to check those kind these kinds of things out. I mean by this point I guess there's no point in watching it. But I mean I don't know. I think it's good if people watch it. And yeah, so that's that's all I had to say. Those are my last last little
0: tidbit thoughts that I wanted to throw in there okay yeah you know I agree with you about you know that a lot of what they talked about and seemed relevant and like and I could you know with based on you know some of the things that have happened particularly in the U.S. you know I definitely would agree with you on that um I don't have any other thoughts so I guess that's the end of today's episode. Um let us know what you thought about the double judge. You can leave us a voice message on SpeakPipe or chat with us on Twitter and Instagram. All these will be all links will be in the description. If you like this episode and want to hear more, please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and we'll talk to you next episode.